So this week, we take a pivot on the Ortho Show, moving away from orthopedic surgeons, and we're bringing on Jamie Rindler, who is the founder and CEO of the Marvel Group. I have to say, when I started my research, I didn't quite understand this, but Jamie and his group provide a warranty for patients for spine surgery. It's really pretty remarkable. He's partnered with industry surgeons for the betterment of patients and their surgical outcomes. He uses an insurance model with a risk pool, which then helps to add revenue generation to spine surgeons who participate in the program and who do well. What's awesome for the patients is that it's an arduous, rigorous process for these doctors to be approved to be a part of Marvel. So as a patient, you're feeling quite confident that the surgeons that are part of the Marvel group are going to do good surgery, but there's a warranty. If for whatever reason you have to be returned to the operating room within one year, including infection, you can file a claim to be able to compensate a certain amount of money for you as the patient for having to return to the operating room. So fascinating. They're providing a warranty for spine surgery that's accepted by patients, surgeons, and industry. A real fascinating episode. I think you're going to like it. Hashtag follow the fro. So this week's episode of the Ortho Show is sponsored by Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers. We really got some amazing news that just came out of the CDC. The official revised guidelines for opioid prescribing have now been made official by the Centers for Disease Control. They talked about alternative options for opioids for patients that have acute, subacute, and chronic pain. And that's right, listeners. The Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers uses laser, which is now on the recommended list by the CDC for acute, subacute, and chronic pain. This really validates what we've seen at the clinical side with our orthopedic laser centers. That's why our national growth is on a, a tremendous expansion at this point. So there you go. Ortho laser, orthopedic laser centers with CDC validated alternative options for pain management with laser. From Medical Media, this is The Author Show. Hello world, Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where we always bring you the best of the best in the orthopedic world. We're going to take a little pivot today. We're not talking to an orthopedic surgeon, but really to, to what I think is a really fascinating uh, process that Jamie Riddler, who's going to be joining us, is the founder and CEO of the Marvel Group. we got to figure out why the Marvel Group, my kids are listening. And then really, you know, what the process is. And I love, here's the quotes. So I'm going to lead into this, Jamie. We're going to say hi to you in a second. But you help private practice spine surgeons attract more ideal patients and referral sources through an exclusive surgical outcome patient warranty. Jamie Riddler, how are you, brother? Nice to see you, buddy. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, no, we're, we are LinkedIn buddies through the beard. Of course, everybody knows the beard. I actually get to see Matthew tomorrow. I'm having dinner with him, so I'm super excited about that. But, uh, you know, it's great to actually meet people, and I'm always fascinated by 
truly innovative entrepreneurs who are finding a way and a pathway to do things that are really quite unique. And it really sounds like that's what you're doing here with Marvel. So let's, let's, you know, I got it. We got to get the, the, a little bit of the personal history in here. So, you know, we're going to piss off Heather who's our Penn state alum. She's tired of all these Buckeyes coming on the, on the ortho show, but you went to Ohio state in around 2000, 2004. So are you from Ohio originally? Yeah, uh, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, a little town just north of Cincinnati in the south uh, western corner of the state. And yes, it's true. I went to the Ohio State University, uh, but now I live in Dallas, Texas, and OSU doesn't stand for Ohio State University in <laughs> Texas. I don't know if you know that, but um, yeah, no, no, I, I get it. You're, you're not getting a lot of OH as you're walking down the street in Dallas, I'm assuming. I'm not getting a lot of Ohio State love in, in Texas at all, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I am a Buckeye. I, I lived in Ohio for the first 25 years of my life, met my lovely wife, Amelia, there, who uh, comes from a family with her father's an orthopedic surgeon, so uh, trying to keep it in the family. Amelia and I have six lovely children that we've had together. We've, uh, we met in high school, and we've been together ever since. And um, we moved to Texas about eight years ago now in order to start the Marvel Group. All right. Wonderful. I love that. So you trump me. We've only got five boys in our family, but uh, glad to see that uh, family is always first for sure. And no matter what the things that we do. So you grab, you, you, you're, you're born and bred in Ohio. There was a lot going on here. Now, one of the things... I was fascinated by this. You're, you're, you were when you first came out of school, a private investment manager for the family for the Rinder family holding. So was this a family office? You know, what was this like? I a, wish. Yeah. Was this like a little garage thing going on? I mean, what do you got it, going there? I'd say on the spectrum, it's closer to the started out as the little garage thing. So I, <laughs> I just I'm one of those entrepreneurs. You know, I, I, I um. I often get asked, what sport did you play in high school and college? And the truth is, I, I didn't. I started businesses. I started when I was a, a, probably about 10 years old with a hot dog stand and have managed to bring it to where we are today. Um, but the, the private investment holding company, it actually exists. And yes, it owns a bunch of companies, but they are all either companies that I started throughout the years and sold off or um, uh, investments that we hold as a family, real estate and stock investments. Okay, terrific. So that, but I thought that was—I thought that was fascinating coming right out of college. That you know that was sort of your first title on LinkedIn, in particular, which which is where I found that. But you know, so Marvel—you know—the Marvel Group will get there. Starts in 2015, but there's a lot of time in between. So you must have spent some time in the orthopedic world, you know, before starting the Marvel Group. So what? How did you get there? What, what, what was the where were you, what were you doing between those years? Um, so when I was at Ohio State, I, I started a company in college, and it was an it was an outdoor lighting company, and it it was one of those things that was meant to help pay my way through college, and it was right time at the right place, and it took off, and it ended up uh, resulting in me needing some help and meeting a gentleman uh, who. Uh, when we graduated, we sold the company and, and this guy went on to work at Medtronic and he called me up and he said, Hey, you need to check out this spine business. And 
And he was gracious enough to kind of take me under his wing as a recent graduate and teach me spine pathology and, and get me into the operating room. And, and I became a medical device rep. And I like to joke around and say I was, I was, a, I was the medical device rep for an endoscopic spine system before endoscopic spine was cool back in the day. It didn't even have a CPT code for the discectomy yet. Medicare wouldn't recognize it. So it was a tough, it was a tough sell, but it was my way into the industry. And it's what I cut my teeth on. And that's, that's, that's how I got into the business. And I spent years as a medical device rep. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So you're coming out of school, you sell your business, you probably got another six or seven side hustles going on. You're a serial entrepreneur, but at the end of the day, you're learning spine, you're a medical device rep for, for years. And then the concept of the Marvel Group comes. Now, before we get to the Marvel Group, I just have to say this out loud. I mean, what kind of, you know, <laughs> what what kind of what kind of craziness is there where you're going to set up a business? where you're going to provide a warranty for spine surgery. I mean, come on, you know that you must have been laughed out of the building when you first came up with this idea, right? I mean, spine surgery is notorious for having revisions and the need for repeat surgery and for patients that don't do well. And so the spine surgeons and the industry must have been like, what are you doing? What do you, I can't even imagine such a concept. So where did the idea come from? And then I got to figure out, I got to hear, where did this whole, where did Marvel come from? Cause I'm a superhero guy. I'm really hoping it comes to Marvel, but let's go through it and walk <laughs> us through it for our listeners. You're right. You know, I, I've had many, many, many people, including many physicians tell me you're crazy. That's a bad idea. What, why would we were taught in medical school? You never tell a patient that uh, you're going to guarantee anything when it comes to surgery. So um, I, and I still get those looks and those comments today. But the idea came when I was in my late 20s. We had Amelia and I already had three kids and we found out that she was pregnant and it was twins. And so it went from normal family uh, about to be a big family, an abnormal size family. And uh, around that time, I, uh, I herniated a disc in my back and I was a candidate for spine surgery. And so, um, you know, things were tight then. We, we had three kids. We were in our 20s. She's pregnant. And now I have to ha go have this life-changing surgery. And it, it became very clear to me, like, man, I hope this really works on the first time. Because if it doesn't, I don't know if we can afford the out-of-pocket expense. It was something like 10000 bucks for us at that time, which was a ton of money. It still is. So <clears throat> I felt like uh, and I identified that in my mind as a patient, there's a, there's a problem here. There's a gap. Like, I feel like there should be some kind of warranty or guarantee. I hadn't quite been able to figure out what the concept was yet, but I felt like I had identified a problem. Um, but I, I just kind of tucked that away because I was not in a position at that time to do anything about it. Um, but, but that's where the idea came from. Then later on, the financial crisis of 2008, 2009 happened. And I became very, very interested in uh, Warren Buffett. I'll admit it. I, I had a little bromance for Warren Buffett. So I started reading everything I could about Warren Buffett. And that led me down the path of 
learning about insurance companies and I learned how insurance companies work and I learned how uh, actuaries work and how risk was priced and how there was a lot of money being made off of, off of the float, the, the premiums that were paid in uh, and invested while they were waiting for the risk to happen. So I stacked that up in my knowledge base. And, you know, I had this idea of guaranteeing spine surgery outcomes. Then I, I learned a lot about insurance. And by this time, I'm getting pretty proficient in, in the medical device space. And I know quite a bit about spine surgery and I'm hanging out with spine surgeons all the time. So things started coming together. And um, that was the, the beginning of the idea of a surgical outcome warranty. All right. So, so it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, laser in the back of my brain as I'm talking about this. And as you know, I was on the podium five years ago, you know, talking about laser and literally the rotten tomatoes are getting thrown at me and the beer bottles are coming at me. And I'm like, this is going to be a good idea, people, but nobody would listen. Everybody thought it was a bad idea. But oftentimes the more people will tell you that it's a bad idea, uh, oftentimes that's when it's worth swimming upstream to identify if this is really the case. All right. So so first of all, you got. Let's go to the name because it's it's been it, the whole time I'm talking about this thing. Where does Marvel come from? I always I always have a hard time with this question because I want to give you the story that you want. Uh, but the truth <laughs> Damn, is, all right, that's fine. The, go ahead. I give just it to thought us. it was a cool name. That's all. Oh so, man, we got to change that story for your book. <laughs> when you're on Guy Raz's podcast and you're like a gazillionaire and he wants to talk to you, you got to come up with a better story. But no, that's right. okay. So. So you make up the name Marvel. So, but you got to get, the, in order to do this, you know, in order to create a guarantee, you have to get all the people at the table, right? Because, you know, the, the, the implants are the implants and that's where a major part of the cost comes from. So you're going to have to get industry to wrap around this idea. You're going to have to get surgeons to be able to, to, to grow on this idea as well. They're the ones that are going to be signing on the bottom line with these patients that they're providing a guarantee. Uh, and then you got to get the patients to be able to, I think probably the easiest thing was getting the patients to come on board once you solidified this. So walk me through, let's go through this, you know, individual, you know, people at a time here and then tell us how it all came together. So, so you, you're, you're talking to these spine surgeons, you know, they know that that they have to re return to the operating room on occasion and this, that, and the other. What's your conversation with the spine surgeons as to why this is something they should embrace? Well, I, I left out a key ingredient in the in the thought process of coming up with our surgical stewardship program, which which is the bigger picture of what we're going to talk about. And there was a uh, there was a neurosurgeon that I was working with around 2013 through 15. And this gentleman decided to, uh, he finished his residency and he went straight into private practice. He didn't align with the hospital. He didn't go to work with a group. He just opened a clinic and hung his shingle and went for it. And I was working pretty closely with this gentleman at that time and spending a lot of time with him. And I, I was seeing the the back end of what it meant to start a practice and, and, and go out on your own as a soloist. And I identified a couple problems that he was having that, that, that really helped shape the, like finish off the concept. There were two, the primarily two problems. He needed patients 
and a lot of them. And he wanted, he, he kept saying, or kept expressing that I sure would like to be paid properly uh, in accordance with the risk I'm taking and the outcomes I'm producing. So you take, you take all of these issues that I was experiencing over, over maybe a decade, and I, I finally figured out how to put them together and, and build a solution that checked off all the boxes. So starting with the surgeon, uh, my goal was to come up with something that would help them attract more ideal patients. Well, gee, I think a surgical outcome warranty, my, my old idea would probably fit, check that box off. And how do, I, how do I help fix this problem that seems way bigger than me of a surgeon or a spine surgeon being able to be reimbursed properly or be reimbursed when he produces superior or excellent outcomes. Well, we issue the warranty, we offload it to a third-party commercial insurance company, and I knew I needed an insurance company who would open up their risk pool and allow the surgeon to participate in the risk pool, because if that could happen, then the surgeon could get reimbursed when he produced great outcomes. So, so hold on um, for a second. So we understand this. So what you're saying is the insurance company takes this pool of money and then they're investing this money over time and hoping that there's not going to be a lot of negative claims or claims against it. And by, in, by inviting the surgeons into the risk, that allows the surgeon to potentially take advantage of the income on the monies that have been sitting there that have not been spent by the insurance company. Yes, Exactly. They're said a different way. If the surgeon has a lot of claims and the insurance company has to pay a bunch of money out, then there's less money in the risk pool at the end of the year for the sh their shared cost savings program. Conversely, if the surgeon produces great outcomes and the insurance company doesn't have to give a, uh, a lot of money back to the patients, then there's more money to go around at the end of the year for the surgeon. So that's how we accomplished um, providing what we call surgical outcome reimbursement back to the surgeon uh, when he produces or he or she produces excellent outcomes for their patients. Okay. I love that. Okay. So, so you're giving the warranty to the patient that if they have to go back, that there's going to be some sort of a reimbursement. We'll talk about that, right? There's going to be some payment to the patient, I'm assuming, but now you've also got to get the implants too. So are you allowing industry to, to, in, you know, get involved in the risk pool as well? Or how does that work out? That's a great question. So who's going to pay for all this is, is where industry comes from. Uh, you know, if you follow from a very simplistic view, you follow the money, it's the patients and the employers are taking money out of their pocket and giving it to an insurance company, a, a health insurance company. The, in health, the health insurance company then gives money to the facility, the hospital or, or the ASC. The hospital or the ASC gives money to the device company to pay for the devices, and the trail sort of ends there. So I knew that I those were the buckets that I could draw from to pay for this program. And uh, with my industry experience and, and relationships, the easiest and the best place for me to go was to the medical device industry. And I also knew that that group or that bucket was the most likely to care about 
this program enough to, to sort of support the surgeon and support the patient. That's my opinion, but that's the conclusion I came to. So I essentially went to the medical device companies and we're talking about the medical device companies outside of the big five, right? So the big five, they didn't need me. They didn't need this program. Although I would still, I would like to, to extend an open invitation to all of them to come work with us. I, and that invitation will, has been open and will remain open. Well, they're, list, they're listening. I can tell you right now, they all listen to this show. So you're yeah. be doing a good job here. That's for sure, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Keep so on going. outside of the big five, I found that, um, you know, there's something like 180 other medical device manufacturers in the spine space. And I found that almost all of them want to participate in this program. So what the conversation with them goes like this. We would like to leave your manufacturer warranty in place, we being Marvel Group, and we would like to a, attach an additional warranty above and beyond your warranty that benefits the patient if the patient has to go back for a revision for any reason within a year. And that warranty that we're going to attach to your device comes with your device, but the liability remains with us. The manufacturers have no liability for this. Um, all we need them to do is to agree to let us attach it to their device, either hardware or biologic, and pay us for it so that we can support it. And, and uh, much to my surprise, they're, for the most part, they're all willing to, to pay for that, that benefit for the patient. And it's also got some benefits for the surgeon and for themselves. And in exchange, we provide, we're collecting uh, patient reported outcomes data on the manufacturer's device, de-identifying it and giving it back to the manufacturer so the manufacturer can use it to understand how their devices are performing uh, three months, six months, one year and two years down the road. Uh, and then use that information to improve the, the designs moving forward. So kind of closing the feedback loop for the manufacturer. Yeah, so there's real value to the manufacturer for being able to get those outcomes, right? Otherwise, there's no reason for a surgeon to be able to give that data to them. I mean, they, they may get it, they may not, unless they're running their own studies. So there's definite value there. One of my questions is when, you, when you're changing the warranty, is there any issue with the FDA as far as FDA clearance of any kind, or is this this outside of the purview of the FDA when it comes to warranties? There are no, uh, there are no issues with the FDA. Um, fortunately, CMS, who has a, a very well-defined warranty safe harbor, they expanded the warranty safe harbor about two years ago and allowed us to really change this from a device malfunction or device failure warranty to a surgical outcome warranty. They allowed us to pair the, the device with a service, and, uh, which facilitated us being able to offer this program. The so. medical device companies are happy to write you a check because you're, you're eliminating the liability that they would have if the thing failed. Which, that's, again, feed the tuna mayonnaise, really a smart move as you're trying to bring this business together. I got a couple questions. We're going to keep going here. But first and foremost, all doctors are not created equal. And, you know, some doctors have a lot of bad outcomes. 
So you got to be invited to the club. I'm assuming not everybody is. And how do you decide which doctors are going to be a part of Marvel Group? Well, we we speak with any doctor who's interested, but eventually we reach a point where the surgeon wants to participate in the program and our insurance partner, the insurance carrier that backs the surgical outcome warranty, will uh, they want to take the they take the surgeon through a pretty rigorous underwriting process, and there's historical case logs involved, an interview process, and um, ultimately our insurance carrier gets to make the final call on whether or not we can support a surgeon with a surgical outcome warranty. Well, I mean, that, I think that's really important. As I'm as I'm thinking out loud to the patients that are listening, we have a lot of patients, you know, non physicians that listen to this show for our listeners. Right. And think about how, how important this is. There's a, a real process in the evaluation of the skill set of the surgeon that gets allowed to become a part of this group that's giving you the warranty. That's really that should make you feel really good at home on the sofa when you're picking a Marvel doc because of all of the rigorous process that they've had to go through to be able to get here. It really should. You know, it, that's another feed the tuna mayonnaise moment here. So I'm picking up the vibe. Keep on going. Yeah, and and um, patients can rest assured that that process happens every year. Every year, they, the surgeon has to go back through the underwriting process. Um, and so <clears throat> we're really dealing with some top-notch, pretty exclusive spine surgeons who have demonstrated the ability to consistently produce excellent outcomes for their patients. And I'm assuming these are orthopedic surgeons as well as neurosurgeons. So again, for our listeners... Both do do spine surgery, so I'm assuming you can have both. Yes, absolutely. We work with both orthopedic and neurospine surgeons. Um, How many surgeons are involved in the Marvel Group right now? Uh, There are 15 spine surgeons in distinct markets uh, around the country. So there's only 15 spine surgeons that have gone through this rigorous process to become a part of the Marvel Group. Are you planning on expanding? Yes, we're. I'm. I'm actually in Indiana right now. I live in Texas, but I'm in in, in Indiana right now to meet with a, a potential new surgeon candidate for our program. Yes, we're expanding, but we're expanding slowly and methodically. So, all right. So let's let's try to sum this up because there's a lot of moving parts. What's happening here with the Marvel Group, and it's truly innovative space when it comes to health healthcare. You know the fact that you brought this insurance company in for the for the risk pool, I think is truly fascinating. I mean, I have one more question about that. I mean, like, how did you find an insurance company that's willing to go into a completely new avenue of, of risk management inside of a surgical setting that had not been done before? Well, for those who know me well, they know I like to do everything the hardest way possible. So. The first thing we did was we started our own small insurance company about 10 years ago, and we elbowed our way into the space. And I got that company to a point where it was it had a big enough book of business that a larger company would look at it and take it over. And so I, I don't think you can just knock on an insurance company's, a large insurance company's door and get them to participate. So that's the that's the method there, the, the strategy that we took. And uh, I eventually found a large international commercial insurance carrier who was willing to listen, willing to s- take over our book of business and um, and build a program 
around our program. Interesting. So you need more people, man. We got to get got to get more surgeons involved in this. And I think that, uh, you know, I sort of in summary trying to put this whole package together as to why it's advantageous. Uh, the patients are getting the benefit of have, having surgeons that go through a very rigorous, arduous process to be involved in this group, showing that their quality metrics are what's required to get there. Uh, the patients are also benefiting because if something does go wrong, there's a warranty in place. We haven't talked about this. I'm going to ask you real quick. If a patient goes back for surgery for whatever reason, I'm assuming there's a financial uh, payment to the patient to help cover those healthcare costs for their repeat surgery. You can answer that for us if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. I think it's important to note we're not, we're unable to guarantee that the patient is going to have a certain outcome. Rather, what we guarantee is that if the patient does have to go back for any kind of reoperation or revision, including infection, by the way, that triggers the warranty and the patient will re can go onto Marvel's Marvel Group's website at marvelgp.com and file a claim on their own from their home or their phone, and they will receive a $5,000 uh, check back in the mail to help them cover their out-of-pocket expense associated with having to go back for a revision surgery. So again, it's not guaranteeing the outcome of the spine surgery, but there's a warranty if you have to return to the operating room and then you can be compensated by filing a claim. Surgeons are happy because surgeons are now, in Matthew Ray Scott's words, helping to get the ideal patient into their office setting, which you used at the start of our conversation, Jamie. So as many ideal patients being pushed in to their office because of the reputation of the Marvel Group, the medical device and industry is happy because their products are going to get exposure uh, compared to the larger companies, which may have much more market share. Uh, so they're happy. So the patients are happy. The doctors are happy. I mean, this is uh, it's 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 pretty cool. And I think that you know, kudos to you for sort of bringing together this insurance concept into a warranty space in orthopedics that I've clearly never seen before in my 30 years of practice. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a great ride and um, we're just getting started. And so I really appreciate the exposure, having me as a guest on your show. It's, it's a great honor, especially considering all the other guests I've seen and heard on your lineup. Uh, I'm honored. So thank you. Well, we love, we love entrepreneurs. We love serial entrepreneurs. And really, Jamie, I really want to commend you again for the innovative thought process that you've had, which is taking, which is really a complex, uh, you know, surgical world, which is the spine world, which has been fraught with complications and multiple surgical interventions, and really trying to come up with a strategy to improve patient outcomes, but then also be able to learn from those issues for the industry as well as for the surgeon. So can't thank you enough for your time. I thought this was a really informative episode. We appreciate you being on, Jamie. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time.